Amen. Amen. Why don't you grab your seats? It's great to have Ali and Wendy just sharing with us this morning. Okay, let me, re- let me start with this. This isn't my preach at all, but I'm going to read this. Mark 4. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is like this, he said. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how it happens. The soil produces a crop by itself. First the blades, then the heads, then the full grain on the heads. And as soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because the harvest has come. I'm preaching in Acts in a little bit. But I, just, I, I was just reflecting on that parable this morning. What Andy did at the beginning is a beautiful illustration of the fact that the seed of the gospel produces fruit in every tribe and every tongue and every nation. It, it, it cuts across every cultural barrier. It cuts across every moment in time. It cuts across every single human experience that we might have. Every obstacle that the world would put up to the fruit of the gospel is overcome because the gospel seed itself produces fruit. All that we need is in the seed. There's life in the gospel. And what you saw at the beginning of the meeting is that there is life in the gospel. To every tribe, to every nation, to every, every language, there's something because, as Martin said, we're created in the image of God, there's something where the gospel will always stir our hearts, say, I need a bit of that. I've got to find my way to that truth because it is the deepest truth that cuts across all other truths that are spoken of in the world. Anything else. And so it gets resonated across a whole variety of people. But I felt I wanted to share it just at the beginning because I thought... And, and this little, little segue cutting across is where we're going to go in Acts, is what you realise is that the gospel fruit is never intended just to get together a giant harvest, a giant harvest that's there. One day there is going to be a harvest. One day the sickle is going to be pulled across all of the earth and everything that has grown is going to be cut up and everything is going to be tested. Weeds and fruit in all of its fullness is going to be tested. The giant sickle is going to come. We're not there yet, I don't think. I'm looking into the clouds. I don't mean he's returned today, but he might. But at one point, the harvest is going to be called in. But until the day that the harvest comes, we're called to be those who continue to sow seeds of the gospel into every tribe and tongue and nation and people group. The people of God, and it was, I think it was just that bit, as I was seeing Christina pray, I've got a friend of mine who's in Ukraine, and he said to me, I know that persecution comes. I know that I'm going to be scattered out because actually I know that my calling is not just to get into holy huddles with other people, but when persecution comes and when challenges go, all it does is disperse the seed. It's like blowing onto the giant dandelion head. You just blow onto the dandelion head and the seed goes out. That's what we're called to be. A church that not just goes, praise God, we managed to gather a massive collection of international people. Isn't that amazing on the south coast of England? No. The call of the gospel to us as a church is to be those that go out into all of the earth, to the ends of the earth, to spill out of the place that we're found, to sow the seeds of the gospel to every tribe and tongue and nation and every community that you live in and every street that you're part of and every neighbour that you know and every workplace that you're in, that the gospel will bear much fruit. That's the point. And that's the way it's always worked. And do you know why it works? It's because it doesn't really rely on you. It relies on the gospel. (laughs) 
The gospel is good news and you are a bearer of the gospel. Even if you feel weak, even if you feel unable, even if you feel broken or you don't know how to come to God, you bear the seeds of the gospel into everywhere that you go. It's Susan Bowley back here this morning. Did I see Susan Bowley today? Where is she? My daughter said, she said, I just saw silly Susan. Susan, where have you just been for the last, uh, sorry, if you're not in the kids' work, that will sound really patronising to Susan. She does a kids' work part in there that was called Silly Susan and Silliness of Susan and my daughter. One's working. Both? Neither? There you go. Perfect. Susan, where have you just been? How long have you been in Mexico for? Why have you been in Mexico? And is the church growing in Mexico? Is the seed of the gospel bearing fruit in Mexicans' lives? Is the Spanish world being changed and transformed by the good news of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> We didn't prepare that. <laughs> but it's amazing because Susan comes back and she comes back to Eastbourne. And again, it's not just that we gather collectives of people in this place. so that we would go to the ends of the earth and proclaim the good news of Jesus and all that he's done. Because the gospel seed always bears fruit. And because one day a giant harvest is coming. And the crop will get ready. But the church has always been like that. And so I love it. And I, Joe, I want to thank you, every international that's come here, thank you for being a missionary into this place. Because so often we get forgotten. I, you know, so the British history, and some, sometimes I, I wish my brain wasn't wired British, but it is. And sometimes the way you think, you think, oh, aren't us British great? We took the gospel to the world. No, not particularly. The gospel found its way out into this tiny little island on the edge of Europe and praise God for every missionary that still arrives here today to proclaim the gospel of Jesus here because sometimes us Brits are too scared to tell the gospel in the society that we're called to love and to speak into and sometimes I need my Nigerian neighbour to arrive and say, well, if you ain't going to do it, I'm going to tell the gospel to people because the good news of the gospel bears fruit and praise God for it and we're called to be like that. So don't ever get caught up in this sense of just saying, isn't it great? This is a taster of the one day harvest when one day we will say, isn't it incredible all that the gospel has ever produced? But until that day, weeds are still growing and fruit is still growing. So let's be those who sow seeds of the fruit of the gospel into everything we do. There's a lot of people that are sowing seeds of, you know, discontent. <laughs> sowing seeds that just produce weeds into our society. You look around, there are weeds everywhere. We're gospel seeded people. We're called to, to share and, and send out the good news of the gospel into all that we do. And what is, what's Acts all about? Funny that. It's all about being a people that started in Pentecost with every tribe and nation and language and people group speaking out. But they didn't just stay and say, that's lovely. Let's just keep you know, sharing and speaking to each other. They went. They were scattered. They went out and they go and praise God for that. That's what we're called to be every week. We breathe in. We gather as the people of God. And you're going to notice it in this chapter that we're going to read. There's a place for the gathering and the scattering of the saints. There's a place to be gathered in, to be encouraged, to be built up, to be reminded of the gospel. So have a little bit of that around your face sometimes because I need it. I need sometimes a little bit of that to my face. Just wake up, Ollie Stevens. Come on, wake up, see what's going on in the world and then to go once again. 
At the end of another busy week, I return back to the people of God and I'm satisfied and meet him and the gospel bears fruit in my heart and then I go out again. So um, we're going to do that today. Me and Wendy in a little bit, we're going to open Acts 5 together. We're going to kind of do an open Bible study. So um, what's really interesting, often like me and Wendy have ever practiced before, because um, we we're not very good at dancing, we stand on each other's toes. So like the same thing happens when you preach sometimes, you just stand on each other's toes when you're trying to talk. So um, this week, Wendy said to me, should we practice? And I was like, no, let's not practice. Let's just step on each other's toes publicly, because that's, um, it's always more real. So, um, so we're going to read, we're going to read, um, Acts 5 together. And as we do so, we just want to draw out truths of gospel. So I'd encourage you, if you've got your Bible on you, your phone, um, get Acts 5 open, it'll appear behind me. But just before we do, I want to just massively endorse and encourage an organisation that's at the back. And you're going to see it, and it's, it's, it's so weaving in this, what I wanted to speak about this week, is actually you notice that this organisation here that you can see is called Eastbourne Street Pastors. Can some of the street pastors here give us a wave? Look, you've got people in caps and uniforms today. They're across the room. I just want to say thank you to every one of these individuals that serves in this way. And a real... A real specific one to our man James at the back. James, come on, give us a wave, my friends. James, the other day. James is part of our church. We baptised him in the sea about three or four years ago. I never know how long ago it was because it was before lockdown. So, you know, time's disappeared and it. it was some time ago in the past. But yeah, we baptised James in the sea. You'll often see him on security in the door and he'll go out as part of the street pastoring team. And we commissioned him at our prayer meeting. If you missed out on our prayer meeting a week and a half ago, we love him. We love gathering on Wednesday nights. And we just prayed for him. We, we commissioned him into the role. He, he said, I want to serve God on the streets of Eastbourne. And again, that's what this is. That's what street pastors primarily do, is they go out to scatter the seeds of the gospel, not just within our own community. And praise God for that. You'll notice on chairs every week, we've got loads of needs within our own community. We've got loads of needs within our own church where we want to serve and love our young people and serve and love people as they'll visit us into the church. And please do. Don't just say, oh, I serve outside the church. I don't bother doing anything inside it. You know, be a people that do both. Serve the family that you're part of and serve the town that you live in. Do a bit of both. Go and do that. Serve the needs of the family that you're called to here in this church and look to serve the town that you live in and are part of and are an active participant in sowing seeds of the gospel. And I look at street pastors, that's what they do. They go out in the evening and they sow seeds of the gospel. I'm going to read you this story from it because it's a massively encouraging story. And if you want to know more and you want to serve, you want to be part, you've got Bob, you've got Graham that are back. They'd love to talk to you about volunteering and getting involved. But listen to this. I hope it's okay to message this through here. I don't know what channel this came on through, but it's someone just messaging them. A few years ago, I was in a mental health crisis. And cut a very long story short, I landed up in the middle of Eastbourne Town with no shoes and covered in blood. I was found by the street pastors who stayed with me until an ambulance arrived and I was able to get the support I needed. If it wasn't for them founding me, I would have walked into the sea and committed suicide that day. I don't know if it's possible to track down the people who were there that night. I'd love to be able to say thank you to them. But even if not, thank you to all of you for what you do. You saved my life that night. Now I'm at university and I'm doing really well. If the team hadn't been there, who knows what would have happened to me? Do you see, do you, like, that's an anonymous story. 
And you're going to notice Acts 5, and the whole of the book of Acts is full of stories. Sometimes anonymous, sometimes known, but stories of the gospel bearing fruit in people's lives. And all it really takes is a willingness to be used by God. Where, Terry, we had a well funny moment this morning, didn't we? My, my daughter and Sally's my daughter, Grace and Pips, they were early with us. We're praying. We pray at nine o'clock in the room just through there. And they basically turned up and they kind of wanted to help. But they're not massively helpful, but they were enthusiastic. <laughs> So I said to him, yeah, wipe the tables. Give the tables a little wipe around. So they were, getting, they were going to do it with hand sanitizer. So we managed to move on from hand sanitizer and use actual spray with a blue cloth. But it was so interesting because as you're watching them, they were a night. They, they were bang, We were trying to pray. They're banging the chairs. We can't really hear each other. They're knocking things over. They had those little leaflets that are on there. And they're putting four on every one. And they're scattered across. And they look just a mess. And I sat there the whole time thinking, I'm going to have to redo this in 20 minutes' time. <laughs> But they were enthusiastic to help. And actually, I'd much rather people who are enthusiastic to help, even though they're making an absolute mess of it, but their desire is to be helpful than people who just sit and watch and go, it's your problem, not mine. And that's the church, isn't it? Like, that's, what, that's what Terry was lovely. She was like whispering and praying in my ear after. And she said, that's so often what the church is like. It's just a group of people who are enthusiastic about Jesus. They love him and they want to help out. The majority of the time, I promise you, it will be much quicker if God did it on his own. <laughs> and he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of time he just watches and thinks, I'll probably have to fix that after you're finished. <laughs> you know, I might, have to, I might have to redo that a little bit, but at least you're enthusiastic for me. That's okay. Like, it's just a desire sometimes, just being real, just say, Lord, I just love you and I just want to serve. I just want to help. I just want to do what I can. And if, it's, if it is helpful, please, your Lord, use it. And we just love the fact that God welcomes us as little children, playing our part involved. So come on, let's be a group of people who are like that. So when, should we do it? Should we start reading together? Okay. You gave a little shuffle then, like, hurry up, come on, let's go. <laughs> right, let's go. Stick that there. Okay, I'm going to read. So if you've got Acts 5 with you, and I said to, I said to the band, because at, the mo at some points we might just spontaneously break into song as well. So if we do, I didn't want that moment of no, trying to call I'm people back. Wen's not singing yet. <laughs> Praise God, not us. Um, I don't sing. Yeah, no, yeah, know your... I remember I've got a microphone and I'll stop. Yeah, know your limit. Um, <laughs> but, but at some point we are, because I just think there's some parts of this that are going to be really well served by us collectively, not just listening, but participating in what's going on and singing and declaring truth. Sometimes we might listen as well to truth being declared to us. So this is God's words. Can I just chip in as you're about to start? Oh, come on then, here we go. Many. No. Okay, Acts 5, verse 12. Many signs and wonders were being done, done among the people through the hands of the apostles. I just, as Ollie was saying, I just thought, how many of us are up for getting messy when it comes to signs and wonders? I know recently when there was a preach on healing, I was quite thankful I was in the kids' work because I just almost, put hands up, didn't want to have a go and it fail. You know, you just think, oh. And actually, how many times have we had someone sick at work or something where we just really know we should step out and just have a go, but we're so scared to get it wrong. We're so scared to knock that chair over or look stupid that we forget it's God. If God doesn't come through and heal that person, and if God doesn't want to do a wonder on sign that day, it's on him. I'm just his messenger. But how many of us are up for it? Because as we start this, 
The apostles perform many signs and wonders. I want to be someone who does that yeah. and not worried about what if it doesn't work or Amen. how stupid I look if it doesn't happen. Amen. 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 <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so here we go. So many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's colonnade. So here's the time for gathering. No one else dared to join them. But the people, the people spoke well of them. Believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers, multitudes of both men and women. As a result, they would carry the sick into the streets and lay them on cots and mats so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. In addition, a multitude came together from the town surrounding Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Like, let's, just, let's get into this. This is an incredible moment, but one in which there's an expectation that God's the same God, the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the grave is still at work today. Actually, we long to see these things amongst us. There's an expectation, as Wen said, we want to trust in a God that's able and willing to do more than we ask or imagine. Let's not limit our faith. I think we need to dial up our God confidence at the moment. The world has lost confidence in every authority around. The people of God have been called to increase their confidence in the living God. Your confidence may have fallen in so many other places of authority around you. You may have lost all confidence in, other, any, in all other things, but your confidence in God should be dialed up, not down at this time. Take it as a challenge. That's faith. Let the seed of faith grow in you as you put your hope and trust in God. Because who else you got to hope in? You got me to hope in. You got us to hope in. You got him to hope in. The living God. He's the one that we hope in. And why did these apostles just have boldness? Because they obviously lived with Jesus. They'd yeah. seen him die. Yeah. They'd seen him rise again. They'd seen there's power in the name of Jesus. And yes, we haven't walked on earth when Jesus was alive, but we've got God's words. We know we've got experiences. We know we've got a relationship with Jesus, that the Holy Spirit lives in us. So actually, we should have the same boldness to go out there and people should be chasing us, wanting us to share the good news or to heal people because they've got the confidence to know that the God who created the whole earth like, lives in us. Yeah. Like, we should be like these apostles. You know, just because we were not back then, we've still got the same God living in us today. Okay, so this is happening. So there, the sick are being healed. They're carrying them onto the streets. Again, I love it. Street pastors on the streets. Not just pastors in the church. Praise God for pastors in this room. But we want pastors on the streets. I watch David and Lilius every week. They're street pastors. They sit in their car, don't you? Little street pastors. If you ever want to wander past, you want to see them just by the wish tower. They'll always be street pastoring. Just sitting on the street watching what's going on. And we're called to be like that. Pastors in our communities, looking for need, loving people, proclaiming the gospel. So what happens? Then the high priest rose up. <laughs> he and all who were with him, who belonged to the party of the Sadducees. Not sure if it was a fun party. The party of the Sadducees. <laughs> they were filled with jealousy. I wonder why. 
They saw life. They saw signs and wonders. They saw the kingdom at hand and they were jealous. So what did they do? They arrested the apostles and they put them into a public jail. But an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night. <laughs> okay? An angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night, brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple. Tell the people all about this life. Hearing this, they entered the temple at, what does it say there for the temple? At daybreak. Did they wait till mid-afternoon? Did they wait for breakfast? Did they think, oh, I'll do it this evening. I've got other stuff to do, actually. They went at daybreak, at the first opportunity. Why? Because they know that life's at hand. They're not waiting for the, you know, the perfect opportunity in a month's time. They've been instructed and they go. Hearing this, they entered the temple at daybreak and they began to teach. And this is what I love about it. They didn't just wait for signs and wonders. They taught as well. There's such a dynamic here where sometimes we'll just say, man, if there were signs and wonders happening the whole time, the whole of Eastbourne would get saved and added. Maybe. Maybe. Praise God that God can do the miraculous, that the sick can get healed. But I promise you alongside it, we're teaching and telling people about the good news of Jesus. We're not just people, we're not just magicians going around, going, healed, be done, saved, demons, out, go. We proclaim the gospel. We teach alongside it as well. There's this dynamic, this beautiful dynamic of word and spirit, trusting. And actually, there's moments as well. We were reading Mark's gospel in my group this week. And when we were there, Adrian Duchenne just said to me, did you notice when there was moments when Jesus in his own town wasn't seeing many miracles, he just continued to teach. Because when the miracles weren't happening, he thought, I'm not going to give up the teaching. Just because miracles aren't being done here, I'm going to continue to teach and preach and tell the good news of all that Jesus has done. So we're those that are called to do both in all that we do. I really like that. They were in this jail, had this amazing miracle of an angel coming, opening and rescuing them. And then they went and went on the streets. How many times do we feel, maybe not in a prison with an angel, but in those situations where we're trapped and God powerfully comes in and we have this moment, we think, wow. And then we just go and have breakfast or we, we don't tell anyone about it. You know, so many times where I've had an amazing encounter with God on a Sunday morning and then at work the next day, how are you? Yeah, all right. I'm amazing. Like, why don't I tell people about it? Hmm. But yet they go straight out and they go and share the good news. Amen. Amen. The next day, their rulers, their elders, their scribes, they assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Cephas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they, had Peter, after they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them. By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, do you remember this from a couple of weeks ago? It's a couple of weeks ago when a disabled man was healed. If we are being questioned, I've lost myself, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you 
And to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. Peter loves this bit. I think this is Psalm 118. Peter absolutely loves this truth from the Old Testament. And actually, if you read Peter's letter, he quotes this exact bit again because he loves it so much. The stone rejected, the one that the builders said, we don't need this one, we can build without it, thank you very much. The house will go up regardless of that one. What's happened to it? It has become the cornerstone, the capstone, the one on which everything else is built. Remove that and the Jenga tower falls. Everything's gone. The cornerstone has been built and established and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. They should, how do you reckon they reacted to that? <laughs> he, was, he was provocational. You crucified him. Who raised him from the dead? God. Yeah, yeah. You crucified him and God rose him again. You rejected him. God's made him the cornerstone. You're the one that's turned away from the living gods. But it's never, ever going to change the authority and power and identity of who Jesus Christ is and all that he can do. Because there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. That should rub. It should rub. <laughs> that should be countercultural. Those sort of phrases should make us a little bit oh, flinch. Should be a little moment where we're saying, there is salvation in no one else. Jesus is the only way. It's the only resurrected son of the living God. It's the only one by whom there is salvation. No other options. We were just saying this the other day. Wendy's leading Alpha at the moment. And all the gang, Eden, people on Alpha at the moment. I love it. It's a whole bunch of people just looking into the Christian faith. Charlie boy, hello. <laughs> There's a whole load of people that are on Alpha at the moment. And we just want you to know, Nicky Gumbel's a lovely guy. Nicky Gumbel don't save no one. <laughs> He's lovely. He really is. He was saved by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one whose name will be saved. Even if you got to glory and said, but I know Nicky Gumbel. <laughs> I watched the Alpha videos and he's a lovely guy. <laughs> he is a lovely guy and he's been changed and transformed and saved by Jesus because he's the only one that saves. The only entry we have into eternal life is through the one whose name is Jesus. That's it. It's the qualification known by the Son of God. Put our hope and trust in him. Repent of our sins and believe in the one who's died on our behalf. Jesus Christ is the only one who saves. And if that offends, I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> I can't shake it because I see it in Scripture. I build my life on that, on that security and truth. And going back to Peter having this boldness to proclaim this, like sometimes when, when people, 
they get their little special questions, don't they? Special on Alpha, they'll throw big questions at you and you think, I don't know, the art. I've never thought of this before. But how Peter uses these sort of, you know, the Sadducees come in and they've got these big questions and how he just flips it over as an opportunity to share about Jesus and just goes straight in there. And how does he do that? He says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like the Holy Spirit gives us power. Amen. Sometimes Amen. I'm a maths person. I'm head of maths. I do number. I'm not great with words. And sometimes put me on a spot, I'll come out with all sorts of English words that don't make any sense. But the Holy Spirit speaking through me yeah. makes sense. I know I've got boldness when the Spirit's with me. Amen. Uneducated True. people. <laughs> yes. He me. works for the uneducated people. True. I, did, so I just call you uneducated yeah, publicly. publicly. That's all right. <laughs> We've known each other long enough. There's a security there. I love you. Thanks. <laughs> that, that covers yeah, it over. Um, I'm going to read all the way through to verse 31, probably. And I just wondered, John, could you just start playing Be Magnified behind this? Because as we come into, I just want us to, this is a moment in which I just want us to sing. This is all about boldness. So just hear this. Let these words just stir in your heart. And it's like, exactly as Wen said, this isn't so that we say, oh, isn't Peter and John great guys? So that we would say, we want that boldness in us as well. Ben did so well. Ben just opened this up a few weeks ago. Like, we long for a spirit of boldness in this church. God confidence increasing. This song, be magnified. God, be magnified in and through me. Would, your, would the gospel be shown so brightly in the way that I live my life and the way that I, I love people around me and I love you? So when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realised they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognised that they had been with Jesus. That's where their qualification came from, time with Jesus. And since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. After they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they conferred among themselves, saying, what should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem, and we can't even deny it. So that this does not spread any further among the people. Just remember the dandelion. They didn't want the dandelion seeds to be blown. So this does not spread any further among people, lest threaten them against speaking to anyone else in that name again. So they called for them and they ordered them not to speak or teach to at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, and said, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you can decide. For we're unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man that was over 40 years old. After they were released, they went to their own people and they reported everything the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together to God and they said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven and you made the earth and you made the sea and you made everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why do the Gentiles rage and why do the peoples plot futile things? The king of the earth 
take their stand and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and all the people of Israel assemble together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your words with all boldness. While you stretch out your hands for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Man, that is an account of, what a moment of scripture. Oh Lord, to be there. Oh Lord, to be like that again today. Lord God, whatever threats will come against us, whatever, whatever opposition stands against the people of God, I say I cannot say anything else but the truth of the gospel. I can't share any other name but the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Saviour. There's no one else, Lord. There's no one else worth living for someone else worth putting a hope in and I pray that we this morning would once again be filled with boldness through the power of your Holy Spirit in us I don't want to just hype people up I don't want to just give them a shake I want you to shake us again shake your people Lord shake a fear and reverence that is found in you and you alone into us as your people Yeah, Lord, I just, I do, Lord. I just want my, want my people, I want the church here again to know you. I want our confidence to be increased. I want us to put our hope and trust in you and you alone. I want the nations to be changed and transformed by the good news of the gospel. I want your seed to bear much fruit in this place and beyond us. God, I want our boldness to increase. I want us to shake off fear. God, I want us to shake off worry and anxiety and apprehension. The world is full of it and weeds grow everywhere I look. But I pray that the boldness of the seeds of the gospel that send young people to Mexico, Lord God, that send people out from this place to the ends of the earth to proclaim Jesus to be increased in us again today. So if that's you, if you want a boldness to be instilled in your heart again, just stand before God. If you want a boldness in your heart this morning, stand before him. And let's just start to sing. So in this, the end of this chapter is amazing. And this might stir you up or not stir you up, I don't know. But you get this moment where they've just boldly proclaimed who Christ is. They said, it doesn't matter what you think, I've got to say these things about Christ. And then the people around are enraged and they wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee named Galilean, a teacher of the law, who was respected by all the people, he stood up in the Sanhedrin and he ordered the men to be taken outside for a while. And he said to the men of Israel, be careful what you're about to do to these men. They wanted to kill them. They wanted to get them for what they'd done. He said, be careful what you do to these men. 
Some time ago, Thaddeus rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and it came to nothing. After this, another man, Judas the Galilean, rose up in the days of the census, and he attracted a following too. He also perished, and all his followers were also scattered. In the present case, I tell you, stay away from these men, leave them alone. For if this plan or if this work is of a human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found to fight against God himself. They were persuaded by him. And after they called in the apostles, and this is the amazing bit, you're here. And we all say, oh man, wouldn't it be great to be able to say those things and then raise our hands and sing and rejoice. After they got them together, they flogged them anyway. It's like you leaving church and going, oh, praise God, thank you. They're going to leave us alone. They're going to say this is from God, not from man. They whip you as you leave. They give you a good old flogging anyway, just for the sake of it. Just say, that will spite you for what your truth is found in. We will suffer in the world, church. We will be flogged. We will suffer for the name of Jesus. But when they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully. Man, is Aggie, how good is that? Again, that should bite a little bit. That should bite you somewhere. That it, they should be counted worthy to be treated shamefully. I shouldn't have everyone just say, oh, isn't, aren't they lovely people? Such a lovely young man, Arnie Stevens. He's lovely. I should count it worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of his name. I like when I find a name and think, who is it? And it doesn't say anything else in Acts. But if you, it had like a little reference to Acts 22, verse 3. And this, this Pharisee actually becomes Saul, Paul's main man. He's his teacher. He's the guy who goes out. So if you've got any sort of doubts of maybe this is a nice Pharisee, maybe he's like, oh, help these guys out. He's mocking them. He hates Christians. We know what Paul well, Saul, before he becomes Paul, is like he's out to kill all Christians. He isn't giving them a little way out. He's going, if this is of man, which it is, who cares? Yeah. Let them say their silly little thing. That's not giving you the time of day, because they ain't going nowhere. That's nothing to do with God. And actually, two, over 2,000 years later, we are here this morning, still proclaiming the good news, still proclaiming the... Uh, the grace of uh, Jesus Christ and everything we've done this morning it wasn't of man it was of God yeah, because amen. if it's of amen. God amen. nothing can separate it nothing can destroy it doesn't matter how bad we go out there and balls up how we say the, the gospel say or say something like that you shouldn't um, say that <laughs> that's shouldn't. a word you shouldn't have said <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if we make mistakes. Actually, God can still use it. Thank goodness. Yes. And then this. Every day, 42. Every day in the temple, 
and in various homes. They continue teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Again, please, let's not fall into the trap that we should only ever be in the temple or we should only ever be in our homes. A lot of Christians have fallen into that trap. A lot of Christians have said, oh, we don't need the gathered church. Just do it on our own. Well, look, that's what they do. They just meet in each other's homes. They just encourage each other. And don't ever believe that all we're called to do is just gather on a Sunday morning to have an expression of meeting and encountering God. They did every day, gathered corporate presence, encountered the living God who builds confidence in them. And they met in each other's homes and built each other up. They knew each other. They cared for each other. They provided for all that they had in needs. And in this, in this final bit, it's because we must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you murdered. God exalted this man as ruler and saviour to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. What are we? We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who are bound. I'm just going to pray and I'm going to sing. Lord, I just want to thank you for your word to us. I love that the word of God comes alive when you read it. This is not some static, boring kids' book. I want to thank you, Lord, that this is truth. Lord, I want to thank you that this is the way that humanity is always engaged. Lord, I want to pray that we would continue to see the kingdom of God at work in us today. Increase the boldness in us. Dial up our God confidence. With the name of Jesus, be glorified and magnified through our lives and through this church. We're your people, Lords. We're your witnesses. And we proclaim again today that Jesus is the one who saves. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.